the August 2017 special at KetoLiving.com is buy one, get one free off of the Omega 1250 pharmaceutical grade. It's one of our brand new products at the Keto Living line, and we're really excited to give you this opportunity to get a second bottle for free. Keto Living is a full line of ketogenic friendly products that will enhance your low carb, high fat, ketogenic lifestyle. We have the Keto Essentials multivitamin. We also have a blood sugar lowering vitamin called Berberine Plus and so much more. So check it all out, you guys, at KetoLiving.com. Need a quick place to pick up some of your favorite keto foods like Primal Kitchen Mayo, coconut milk, almond butter, MCT oil, and sea salt at the best prices possible? Then head on over to thrivemarket.com slash keto to fill your low-carb, high-fat needs all in one place. Thrive Market sells the very best ketogenic-friendly brands at wholesale prices, so you're not spending your whole paycheck to get what you really want. Because they work directly with their members and cut out the middlemen, they can pass on the very best savings to you. I love that they donate a complimentary membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher for each new member who joins the Thrive Market family. I've hand-selected 25 of my favorite low-carb, high-fat products that I think you're going to love too. For you, my listeners, you'll get 25% off your first purchase, plus free shipping, plus a free 30-day trial of Thrive Market to see for yourself what an amazing way to shop keto this is. Don't forget, the prices are already 25 to 50% below retail, so you get these things as an added value. So go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to take advantage of this exclusive offer for fans of my podcast, Thrive Market. Coming up in episode 1303, Dr. Ashley Lucas. Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting Jimmy Moore hey hey guys we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore and today I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast a lady by the name of Dr. Ashley Lucas and she received her PhD in nutrition in sport and disease from Virginia Tech her research throughout her postgraduate doctoral training focused on energy metabolism and the female athlete trial. In 2012, she was awarded the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Scholarship, and she went and got her dietetic uh, internship at the the, the Ohio State Mm -hmm. University. I love how all the football players say that now. We're at the Ohio State University. Mm -hmm. Uh, She passed the national examination, registering her as a dietitian, offering expert food and nutrition services. And at this point, you may be like, why is she on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show? Well, Mm -hmm. she understands abundantly the importance of low-carbohydrate nutrition. Ashley, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Jimmy, for having me. Absolutely. And your website is phdadvancednutrition.com for people that are interested in learning more about what you're doing. You also have a Facebook page by the same name. But tell us a little more about yourself. What got you interested in nutrition to begin with? Well, I used to be a professional ballet dancer, and as I was dancing and training, I understood the importance that nutrition played on my own performance, and I had a pretty difficult time when I was dancing with injury and trying to maintain that optimal body composition. And recovery, and sure. yeah. Yeah. And so at the age of, I don't know, 22 or so, I had to retire from that profession because my body just couldn't handle it anymore. And I, I didn't know what my passion was after that because I had trained in ballet since I was about three. So I went into nutrition because I just uh, felt the impact that it made on my own health. And had I known what I know now, I would have eaten completely different. Maybe my career would have been longer. Can you talk about what that diet looked like at the time? Yes. Well, I watched calories, of course, and tried to get those pretty low. Um, I avoided fat. I remember counting the grams of fat that I would eat in a day and try to uh, accomplish maybe 15 to 25 grams of fat in a whole day. Um, Restricting portions. I would dance a whole day, you know, eight hours worth of physical activity and then go take a spin class to try to burn a little bit more. So just exhausting myself and probably tired and obviously at high risk of injury from that. And burning out your adrenals and all the other down regulation things that happen when you over exercise. Right. Well, so so then you shifted the attention from ballet uh, over to nutrition, which led you to get a a degree in it. What was your undergrad? Right. My undergrad was in ballet performance, actually. Uh huh. Uh, Started to minor in nutrition, but then I did get a job dancing professionally. So I finished my last year of college undergrad while I was dancing um, and then retired and went in to pursue my master's in nutrition and decided that I needed a little bit more time. And Mm -hmm. uh, my the the work that I was working on was very interesting. So I stayed and fast tracked through that to uh, pursue my Ph.D., So what was the most surprising thing that you learned through all your education of nutrition, master's degree, Ph.D., and then you eventually Mm -hmm. got your dietitian uh, degree uh, certification as well? Right. Tell us what was the most surprising thing of all the things that you learned in all that education um, about nutrition that you did not know? That I did not know. Mm-hmm. You know, every everything um, regarding low carbohydrate, I learned on my own. Yeah. I, I didn't learn any of that information there. So what was the most surprising thing that I did not know? Although I'm sure the some mo- of the pathways, some of the metabolic pathways that a low carbohydrate mm-hmm. diet helps with, it's right there in your in your teaching, but they're not telling you that a low carb diet will get you there. Oh, totally. And, you know, the medical nutrition therapy courses that I took, I would always ask, you know, why don't we reduce carbohydrates for the diabetic? And they would just state, well, the guidelines are to remain consistent with those. So we we know how to medicate. And I just, it perplexed me. I I don't know. To this day, I just look back at the education that I did get from there. And there's so many misconceptions. It boggles my mind. And it totally boggles the mind. And how anybody can go through that education and not Mm -hmm. ask a simple question like you did. Mm-hmm. And get an adequate answer besides, well, the guidelines tell us. No, right. I'm sorry, that's not a that's not a good enough answer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
So you got interested. You started learning on your own about mm-hmm. low carb. How did that happen? Where, where did you go? How you did know, you yes, I had a long term mentor who, when I was training and saying, you know, we need to eat more carbohydrates and fiber one bars are just great snacks uh, loaded with good carbs and fiber. Um, he said, you know what? You need to read this primal blueprint by Mark Sisson. And mm-hmm. that changed my world. And then I read, you know, your cholesterol confusion and all the books that you've written mm-hmm. and um, studied all the works by Peter Atia and, and Volek and Finney. And it just rocked my world. And from that point forward, even when I was completing my dietetic internship, I was, you know, creating meal plans that were low carbohydrate for the athletes that I was working with. Yeah. Uh, cholesterol confusion. That's by uh, Dean Ornish. Uh, mine was called cholesterol clarity. So. Oh, there you go. And then keto clarity. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I was messing with you. So here we are today and you are now helping your uh, clients uh, with weight loss and other health goals. What, mm-hmm. did, what do your fellow dietitians uh, and people in the nutritional health world think about what you're doing or do they just think Ashley is just out there? <laughs> Probably I'm a little bit out there. Yeah. I live right now here in Durango, Colorado, yeah. and it, there are a few dietitians here at the hospitals actually that do promote lower carbohydrate living, nice. especially for, for the diabetics. So um, it's a pretty up and coming area. Um, so I, I feel very supported here, but still I am going against the mainstream here and I fight a lot with uh, the, the guidelines specifically with those going through those medical conditions. Yeah, and but I sense that this is changing. I sense a lot of people in your position, in your profession, mm-hmm. uh, are seeing the handwriting on the wall and saying, hey, wait a minute, why are we medicating diabetics when if we simply cut the thing that's raising their blood sugar and insulin levels, they could get so much better. I think, I think finally common sense is kicking in where conventional wisdom has ruled the day for so long. You know, I hope so, but I feel as though a lot of um, physicians and dietitians don't feel like people want to follow this way of eating. Um, they say hard. maybe it's it's too restrictive. It's <laughs> yeah. totally unsustainable. This person will be able to do it for a short duration, but they'll gain all of their weight back or go back to the carbohydrates after the fact. But I feel when we educate those and they really are at this tipping point where they want to make a change, they are open to changing their life and the way that they eat. To me, if you give me the option of eating a low fat, healthy whole grains, basically standard diet for being healthy, and then give me the option of having bacon and eggs cooked in (laughs) butter with avocado and cheese on top with maybe a little sour cream. Uh, hello. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) It's no contest. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Well, Ashley, uh, you do help a lot of people um, with weight loss goals. And and that Mm -hmm. seems to be something that's on the hearts and minds of a lot of people is weight loss. And and that there's uh, there's an epidemic that's happening, including Jimmy Moore, where Mm -hmm. maybe weight comes back on after you've lost some weight. So what's going Mm -hmm. on with people like me and all those others that are listening right now? But we have some weight regain um, after having a great success. Yes. Well, that's a good question. So I base my practice off of um, each client having a goal of reaching their optimal body composition. So I look at body fat percentages, uh, muscle mass. I look at that visceral fat, the deep belly stuff. 
And my ultimate goal is that these individuals achieve a normal alignment or healthy alignment for their body. So I never look at BMI. Um, I, I don't often Thank look you. at what the client. <laughs> yep, I don't often look at what the client's goal is because oftentimes when there's significant weight to lose, they can't imagine themselves being down at this optimal weight range. Do they always overshoot it with their goal? In other words, like at one time I was four ten, mm-hmm. and I thought at, at one time I would be 180 pounds, and I haven't gotten mm-hmm. anywhere close to that. It was so unreasonable to think that. Yes, I I see both. Sometimes, you know, for those of us who are carrying around significant weight, we have much more muscle so we can weigh more than we think we can. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes folks, maybe there's 100 pounds to lose and they can't imagine that they, they can actually accomplish that with the cravings and hunger and everything that they have with starving themselves and and trying to exercise too much. So they pick a happy weight, but that happy weight isn't where metabolically they need to be. Because of the visceral fat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's my ultimate goal is that that these folks get within that healthy range for their body. And oftentimes if they don't achieve that and they still have that visceral fat left, their uh, chance of weight regain is very high. Um, I look at that visceral fat as this metabolically active tissue. You know, it has its own agenda. It's unregulated. Mm -hmm. It secretes hormones that work against us and put us in this fat storage mode. Uh, I I look at it like it's an entity in in and of itself and it has cravings and urges. Um, So if we don't get lean enough and in a, a good way by not starving ourselves, then we have a very high chance of gaining the weight back because we still have some of that tumor-like fat left right. working against us. Well, And we do have some research that's come out there. It's been several years ago since this paper came out, but where they said that the fat cells, quote, remember, end quote, mm-hmm. what it was like being fat. And so even though you lose a significant amount of weight, the remaining fat cells go, hey, wait a minute, you felt mm-hmm. comfortable at X weight, so we're going to try our darndest to get you back to that weight again. Mm. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe there's, maybe there's some kind of trigger that happens, maybe some stressful situation. Um, You know, maybe our testosterone as a man, as you know, we age decreases and all of those hormonal disturbances. uh, And maybe that triggers that fat cell to want to grow again. So what is the role of insulin resistance in this whole discussion? Well, if we look at that visceral fat, we know that it changes the way that we metabolize carbohydrate, right? We just don't tolerate them very well. Um, So the more body fat that we have, the more insulin resistant we are. So if we continue to take in glucose or carbohydrates above our tolerance level, um, that fat helps to shuttle that glucose into fat and the fat cells primarily in the belly and kind of closes off those muscle cells. So the muscles can't take up that glucose like we need to do. Um, So when we eat above our carb tolerance, we start to have hunger and cravings. We experience weight gain Mm -hmm. or weight regain. And so I really find that we each have our unique carb tolerance level. And if we can find what that sweet spot is, we have a better chance of losing that weight and maintaining uh, where we are. Okay, Ashley, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because I know I have a lot of people that listen and including myself. uh, Mm -hmm. So this is a little personal as well that say we have have our carbs dialed in pretty right. well to our tolerance that they're they're yes. between 
or they're under 30. Let's put it that way. That's right. pretty darn Real low. low. That and is. so once that's dialed in, possibly mm-hmm. protein also comes into play, Definitely. making sure you're not way overdoing it. Right. And then uh, fat to satiety. What do you yes. do about the people that are doing all of those things perfectly? What else could be going on uh, that's preventing them from losing weight? Well, I would say perhaps thyroid isn't um, regulated very well. Yeah. Um, perhaps, you know, with that estrogen and t- testosterone, maybe there's something up there that's not working. Um, you know, I don't know what else, you know, you are like in the 1%, I would say, of the <laughs> oh, population. <thanks. laughs> I know. I, yeah, there's some, I don't know for some people, you know, doing some high intensity interval training and oh, sprinting, yeah, I but I know yes. you've, you know, you've done that. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I would say a biggie that's not talked about enough, and it's only because it's not a nutrition thing, but I think every nutritional health provider should know about this, and that's stress management and definitely. adequate sleep and getting hormones right. under control. All of these kind mm-hmm. of lifestyle things kind yes. of get pushed aside because they say, well, keto or low carb didn't work for me, right. and it might not have been the diet at all. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that that's major for you? Oh, it's big for me. Yeah, I know really? stress. stress is my big one. I'd have to okay. give up my podcasting and everything that I do. I'm just so passionate about getting the word out that I think sometimes I do sacrifice a little bit of maybe improving my my weight. Mm-hmm. Um, if I gave it up for a year, I'd lose the weight but and come back and then maybe gain it back. So it's, it's so one even of those if you're 22s. Even if your food intake remains the same, mm-hmm. but if you're stressed and not sleeping, you'll say, see weight regain. Is that's that right. true? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I would say that's why. In fact, I'm looking at my body now. My arms, if you just looked at my arms and just looked at my legs, you would never know I have weight in the middle because mm-hmm. they're pretty, pretty tight and, right. and I don't look like an obese man. Um, and yet, if you, if you look at the middle, there it is. Why yeah, does it, it all wants settle to go right, right there? there. What, what's it going just, on? <laughs> those fat cells are different than the fat throughout the rest of the body. They hate me so bad. <laughs> I know. And yeah, you just have those receptors on there that open up those cells when you have any kind of trigger there. So what do you and, do for the 1%? I mean, they're not screwed for life. Certainly there are things that that people in that category, myself included, mm-hmm. that can do. How do you how do you teach clients well, in that situation? Right. I mean, their rate of loss is slower as well, which can be very frustrating. They're doing everything correct. So just knowing that they're still making huge improvements on their overall health, they're doing everything that they can. All my health markers are brilliant. That's right. They can't stress about it because that just makes the situation worse. That's right. So just being real encouraging and, and knowing that they can achieve pretty closely to what they want and that's just what their body is like and and that's something that they have to deal with and just do the best that they can so it's controversial and because i'm such a public figure people are like well you can't really do say that you're gonna give people the wrong impression can you be healthy and have extra weight on the body you know there is a ton of literature out there saying that you can be um, heavy and fit, but still you can't achieve those optimal level of health markers if you have that extra body fat. Which health markers are we referring to? Mm, I would say in general, and and 
So these literature. And thank you, studies, by the way, for going deep on this, because this is a great yeah, topic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not also looking at folks who follow a low carbohydrate That's lifestyle exactly right. when they say this. Right. Definitely. So they do see cholesterol panels that yeah. aren't optimal and uh, glucose levels that aren't great. So you actually have a great point as to what happens when someone has some extra fat on the body, but they're following a low carbohydrate lifestyle. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. And if all the other markers, triglyceride to HDL ratio, right. fasting yeah. insulin, HSCRP, small dense mm-hmm. LDL particle. If all of those are like dialed in and your thyroid right. markers are all perfect and I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep yeah, trying to find point. an expert who knows, but but the problem is none mm-hmm. of this, Ashley, has actually been studied because there's no. no there's no will and there's no money behind studying such a population mm-hmm. like like me. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a great point. From the publisher who brought you best-selling books by Maria Emmerich, Leanne Vogel, and Jimmy Moore, comes the latest in the line of ketogenic books that are sure to rock the health community. It's called The Ketogenic Bible by Dr. Jacob Wilson and Ryan Lowry. It's the authoritative guide to ketosis, and it's now available for purchase at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. The Ketogenic Bible. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs. It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah. I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com lovemytummy.com lovemytummy.com why am i saying this living low carb is a choice you are making because you care about your health and you love your tummy but sometimes even the best choices in the food we eat will still lead to times when you find yourself feeling bloated or having that heavy feeling after a meal and you just don't know what to do diet changes probiotics and even medications are helping some but you can't find real relief well let me introduce you to atranti 
developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist to naturally address issues such as bloating, SIBO, IBS, leaky gut, and improve and protect cellular digestive health. Atrontil is all-natural, over-the-counter, works within the bowel, is very well tolerated, and has no known drug interactions. Published clinical trials have shown that better than four out of five people that suffer from digestive symptoms will find relief with Atrontil backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. So love yourself, love your health, and visit lovemytummy.com. Be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY for 15% off of your order. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Atrontil so let's get back to the more common folk that are out there besides mm-hmm. the 1%. But thank you for doing that little tangent. That was a nice oh, little sure. discussion. So um, <laughs> a lot of people, they get in their own head and they don't yes. know how to get out of their way. And I find this a lot. Uh, I actually have a book coming out in December that talks about a, a lot of the the things that we say to ourselves and the hate that mm-hmm. people have for their, their own bodies. And, you know, there's all these mental barriers that... I, I think it, it's rooted back to people just don't have self-love. And if they if they were able to see themselves for who they really are, with, instead of all this kind of negativity about themselves, they'd probably get over those common mental barriers, right? Right. I agree with that. So what are they? Well... So I would say there are a few barriers that I see in my clinic with people even wanting to begin this journey because they've done it over and over and over again. Uh, so so just knowing that usually um, what I see is most folks have tried to lose weight in the wrong way. So they feel like they're just going to have to live this life where they're starving themselves to ch- see goals be, be met. Um, so letting them know that it's not going to be the same way and that they don't have to be starving and they can eat real food and feel satisfied and almost be liberated from food in a way because we can reduce cravings and hunger so much. So I would say that's the first thing. Um, A lot of folks aren't quite at a tipping point where they are ready to make a sacrifice, which, you know, I I don't look at it as a sacrifice because I'm used to eating this way. Right. But (laughs) if you take someone who's used to eating pasta and beer and and cookies and I say, well, gosh, you're not going to be able to eat those anymore. A lot of people aren't ready to give those up. You know, when I was uh, doing my initial weight loss in 2004, I would always look to my wife, Christine, and say, look, honey, I'm suffering on my diet again. And I was having like a nice uh, burger without the bun with cheese. And and, look, I'm suffering on my diet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So a a lot of people, though, they love those carbohydrates and they are not willing. And and maybe I'll sit down with an individual initially and they'll say, well, the first thing I don't want to have to do is give up a food group. You know, so we have to overcome that first. Uh, Although we most have of that's to, not food, in my opinion, uh, that they're eating. <laughs> right, I it's agree with like that. It's like disease agents, so. Yep, and it's their body craving those foods. They won't even want it once they make the change, right? Well, and here's the thing. A lot of those carby foods, we live in a day and age when there's recipes. They're even selling things like Parmesan cheese crisps in Costco now. I know. Those and, are great, by the way. And rice cauliflower. They are really good. And rice cauliflower <laughs> sold in the frozen section of your I grocery know. store now. And there's yep. even this uh, company that makes a pizza made out of chicken breast and Parmesan cheese. As oh, I've crust, not seen that. Called Real Good Pizza. So and that's at Kroger right now. So, I mean, okay. we're having all these options now 
that are genuinely good options for people Mm -hmm. looking to eat healthier. What's the excuse? I don't know. I think that these folks are not ready to make a change in their life. They think that they are, but to make this big of a change, their desire to change has to significantly outweigh their desire to stay the same or nothing's going to happen. It's a peer pressure thing. I think a lot of times too, especially for the younger generation, you know, everybody around them's having crappy garbage and they're like, Hey, wait a minute. I want to have some of that too. And they feel excluded. Right. No, the the young population is very, very challenging. They have such peer pressure. Um, They also haven't experienced the negative outcomes, I think, quite as much as we have when we're 40 or 50. You will someday if you don't. Yeah, I know (laughs) you try to let them know that, but they have to experience it firsthand, I think. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. a, a lot of times people try to define success in various ways. What does success mean in your program? So we call a success a success client, someone who has achieved that optimal body composition, which most of our folks can do. Um, someone who has made huge lifestyle changes where they can travel, go out with friends, dine out, and know how to order and what to do and be successful and confident in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who can maintain in general their, their weight loss and feel confident in the skills and the mental aspects that they've overcome during the journey. So I would say it's pretty multifactorial. It has to come from the mind first and just someone who feels like they're in a good place and they feel confident and they have good self-esteem. And I would probably add, you can see that they've changed their habits. I mean, I used to look at at sugar and thought, okay, if it's got sugar in it, it needs to go in my pie hole. I mean, that was kind of my my theme Uh, song. But then I I changed my habit. I even came up with this moniker, sugar is rat poison, while I was on my journey to start. And it just mm -hmm. gave me just enough pause, Ashley, that I could go, okay, I don't want to put rat poison in my mouth. Even though I knew conscientiously it wasn't rat poison, it gave me that pause. And now I just, I look at stuff that I used to eat and I go, why did I ever put that in my mouth? That's a huge change. It is a huge change. And I think that's what people need to come to, to make this uh, a long-term thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about the weight loss benefits that come from eating a low carbohydrate uh, diet, but you've seen not just weight loss, but health gain as well. Tell us some of the health gain things that you've seen in a lot of your clients. Well, um, many of our clients tell us about their dental visits and that their dentist is just super proud of them because it's completely different. Yes. Uh, We see fatty liver resolve almost 100% of the time. What? All that fat doesn't make it fatty? I know. Is that crazy? (laughs) I actually saw a ketogenic expert, quote unquote, expert the other day. And I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to give him free press here. But he actually made the comment that a ketogenic diet with high fat is what leads to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) Mm hmm. Oh, we see rapid changes with those liver enzymes in about six weeks. Yes. Um, Blood pressure, of course, decreases. We have one physician here who um, instructs us to notify him if one of his patients is beginning the program because he will prophylactically decrease their blood pressure medication. Nice. Yeah. Um, GERD. Yeah. GERD resolves unless it's majorly structural. Yep. And then type 2 diabetes, of course, we can reverse that or rather put it into remission. I know there's a lot of controversy there. Normalize A1C happens daily, doesn't it? 
It does. Uh, we have one individual, she's 60 years old and she has PCOS and she was on insulin for 31 years. Mm. And after five weeks with us, she was able to drop all of the insulin. Wow. How'd she feel? I know. Uh, she had tears yeah. ro- rolling down. I mean, I'm amazing. Can you, I can't even believe it. I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't believe she was on insulin for well, 31 years. It's criminal <laughs> that she was on insulin for three decades plus. Right. Yeah. And, you know, by that time, she had only lost about 15 pounds. So we know it's not the weight loss. No, it's the profound metabolic therapy of the low carb. Yes. And you also mentioned to me uh, sleep uh, has improved. What I find with people that are on low carb and get into ketosis, they actually Mm -hmm. can get away and and recover faster. So they get away with less sleep. Are you noticing Mm -hmm. that? Well, you know, in general, I hear that sleep is improved. It's deeper Um, when they wake up. They feel much more uh, relaxed or rejuvenated. But I do have some folks who say that they can't get to sleep like they're wound up a little bit because I don't know. Maybe it's new energy and they they're not accustomed to it. Um, yeah. You know, and I've read a little bit where um, some folks say if you add a tiny bit of carbohydrate to the dinner meal, it helps to reduce cortisol. That's what and they say. Sleep. <laughs> I don't believe um, it. But <laughs> I, I haven't really seen that effect. Yeah. Um, but yes, in general, people just feel much better and sleep much deeper. So sure, they might not need the eight hours and can get by, by with six and feel even better. Yeah, I wear this uh, ring that tracks my sleep. And uh, yeah, it, it shows me like the various stages of sleep from deep sleep to all the way to REM sleep. And so mm-hmm. it, it's pretty neat to see all the analysis of it the next day. And of course, when you wake up, you know, okay, I didn't have a good, good night's sleep or I had a great night's sleep. Let's go look at the data to see what happened. So it's, hmm. it's pretty neat. All these little gizmos that are out yeah, there. Yeah, it's now. a ring, huh? Yeah, it's called Ura, O-U-R-A. Uh, they're not a sponsor mm-hmm. or anything, but they yeah. they got this to me in December, and I've been wearing it every day ever since, and it's amazing. It's kind of like a Fitbit. You know, Fitbit also tracks sleep, right? but yes. uh, but it's a ring, so it's it's pretty neat. Interesting. You're welcome for the free plug, Ura. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, earlier you mentioned about exercise for that 1% mm-hmm. that are having difficulty, but you yes. said something to me that I thought was really profound. Exercise should not be looked at as a weight loss tool, but uh, more as a wellness tool. Can you explain that? Yeah, so... Most of the time, I don't see that exercise improves the rate of weight loss um, at all. I know. (laughs) Yeah, we are so much more complicated than a calorie in and calorie out equation, if you you can believe that. (laughs) Yes, I do believe that. (laughs) Yeah, so I find in general that it's much more of an appetite stimulator. Um, It makes folks want to overeat. They can't control uh, their cravings and hunger when they exercise too much. So I usually suggest if they can, you know, do a 30 minute brisk walk a day, then that's excellent. Um, Once some of this body fat is released, they have more desire and energy to do a little bit more. And so then that's when I might suggest a little bit of hit or maybe lifting something heavy once in a while. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've got a, a big tractor tire in my backyard that I'll flip and and you do that about 12 reps and you're gasping mm-hmm. for air. So yeah, you're pretty much done. Oh my goodness. But <laughs> yeah, it's a that's right. great workout. And I try to do it fast to get the cardiovascular benefits of it in addition to the uh, to the resistance training. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then I find for women, if they work out, you know, say, for example, CrossFit every day, their body almost holds on to the body fat, like it's the stressor, and we have a hard time releasing it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the good news is that's not most people's problem. Most people's problem is the complete opposite of doing nothing at all. But you're right. Right. There are a lot of over-exercisers out there. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the whole orthorexia, except it's exercise. What? Exercise-orexia. That's right. And here in Durango, you know, folks are real active. Oh, yeah. Um, And so they've been controlling their weight with activity, and then they get injured or, or something happens, and all of a sudden this body fat starts to pile on, and they're like, well, what do I do now that I can't mountain bike like crazy? (laughs) Yeah, I've got a friend that lives in Durango and uh, she's invited us to come. Yeah, she said, you know, we got lots of little trails you can hike up. And uh, I would love that. (laughs) Well, if you come out, please reach out. There you go. We'll have a hike together. Yes, that's right. And go eat some bacon. I'll show you how a big boy hikes (laughs) and eat bacon afterwards. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) So speaking of nutrition, let's get back to that a little bit, because one of the common monikers that's out there in the mainstream, whenever you start talking about nutrition and there's an article about keto, article about paleo, Mm -hmm. and they'll say, well, at the end of the day, if we all just eat it in moderation, that'll just get us to our health goals and we'll just be happy as a clam. What's wrong with that? (laughs) You know, I, I really do not like that phrase. I hear it about every day because people will say, gosh, if I could only eat in moderation or I eat in moderation, I should be where I want to be. Um, I think that phrase has caused us a lot of hurt. Yes. Um, You know, because I'd say 99% of us cannot eat everything in moderation. We just can't. We have our trigger foods, um, especially if we have hormonal disruption, then we're going to have cravings and hunger. Um, So I think we need to, to recognize what those foods are for each of us individually and be able to be big enough to let those go and know those are not a food that I can eat. And, you know, for me, it might be ice cream. I cannot have that stuff in the house or I'll eat it all. Yeah. Um, But again, we're just we're we like to be able to have what we want to have or what we think we want. And that's it. That's what eat in moderation does. It gives people Mm -hmm. license to eat anything they want so long as they stay within some arbitrary calorie limit. That's right. But then we ultimately fail at that. And then we think we're a failure and we and a lot of us give up and, and let our health goals go. So the ancillary to this eat in moderation is counting calories. And you mentioned about the exercise earlier that calories in calories out doesn't matter. Uh, do you do you recommend that your clients count any calories at all? No, we never do that. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's one that, that's one that just drives me nuts because it's like, yes. you know, your body is not stupid. It's not. If you listen to satiety signals, it will tell you you've had enough. Right. But oftentimes when we're starting this journey, our signals are completely out of whack. So we can't even, you know, count on our body to tell us what to do. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, uh, you are all up in the sports performance world with what you do as well. Um, and right. as a former athlete yourself, uh, being the ballet dancer, um, <laughs> low carbon and sports performance, they don't always uh, go together in people's minds. How do you mm-hmm. reconcile the two things and what benefits do people that are involved in performance get? What do they get from low carb? Well, the benefits, I see um, significant inflammation reduced in our athletes. Yes. Uh, We know that free radicals are a byproduct of carbohydrate metabolism and intense exercise. 
So oftentimes these athletes who come in are just balls of inflammation. Um, so we can see those injuries or pain resolve completely. It's amazing as well. Um, we can see reduced GI distress when we're not depending upon that carbohydrate for fuel. Mm. So um, huge benefits. And then we can go for a longer duration at higher intensities without needing to take in a goo or a gel every 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, we can, you know, for a lot of athletes uh, struggle with maintaining or achieving that optimal body composition for their sport. And so we can see pretty speedy fat loss with our athletes when we reduce carbohydrates as well. What about explosive performance, uh, the, mm-hmm. the weightlifters and, and those kinds of people that need that more readily available glycogen stores? We nutrient time with those folks. Okay. So we can get their carbohydrates pretty low, but we might load a little bit of carbohydrate in the lower inflammatory types before and following so that they can reach that peak explosion. Strategically, that's what they're for. Yes, that's because right. Because they probably stay in ketosis even with that added carbohydrate at that time because it's like, you know, just it's all used up. Yeah, I would say maybe for uh, one of our, uh, like, you know, mountain biking is kind of interval-like. And so they they can use those fat stores to 75% of their, or 70% of their VO2 max. And at that point, they might tap into there a little bit, but the amount that they need of carbohydrate is significantly less. Of course, getting a, someone who comes from the more traditional sports performance world of Mm -hmm. carbs, 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 and load up on even more carbs, and then mm-hmm. having them do this shift, they'll see a temporary decline in their performance, Ashley. Yes, but then you, will. I'm sure you coach them. Hey, look, you're going to go down just temporarily. Stick with me That's about right. three, four weeks and you're going to mm-hmm. see a huge, if not, if not increase, you'll see at least the level of performance that you had before. That's right. Yeah. I, I say a short term sacrifice for this huge long term gain. Yes. Um, and I know, you know, for the athlete's mind, that's so hard to say and, and tell them to decrease the duration and intensity of their training just, you know, boggles their mind. But they do it if they want it bad enough. And then they always come out positive on the end. Yeah. Well, speaking of sports, you're all up into cycling and skiing and hiking mm-hmm. and, of course, ballet and all dance. Do you watch So You Think You Can Dance? Have you ever seen that show? Oh, I do love that show. <laughs> I, I like the people that do like robot. It's, it's kind yes, of cool. that robot dancing is. Is, is really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Well, Ashley Lucas is her name. So when's your podcast coming? You've got a killer oh. kind of on air presence. You should start a podcast. Oh, well, thank you. The PHV <laughs> Advanced our PhD Advanced Nutrition Podcast. I should. I know in my free time, <laughs> we're, we're actually opening a, a second location of the clinic. In yes, a, the first in a one's in Durango, yeah. That's right. So we're going to Farmington, um, which is in New Mexico. So that'll be a, a different type of a group of well, people that we can help. for you every day. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I won't be there every day. And then we have, you know, two small kids. So we're pretty busy here. Yes. But... Yes, maybe in the future I could do something like that and I'll get some pointers from you. There you go. Well, you did well here today. Again, her name, Ashley Lucas. Go to phdadvancednutrition.com. You can also see her and find her and her group on Facebook, PhD Advanced Nutrition there. Well, Ashley, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Thank you, Jimmy. It was my pleasure. 
Coming up next time on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, we'll have an LLBLC Show classic episode with starch-based diet advocate Dr. John McDougall. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc.